Welcome to the Slow Bill Podcast. Thanks for joining. Man, this is going to be a good one. So tonight, we're going to talk about the fire of God and how to walk in it and live in it. All right? So enjoy. Be blessed. If you have your Bible, let's go to Book of Acts. And this will be chapter 28, Book of Acts chapter 28 and verse 2. Or if you have a, an iPhone, you can open your iPhone. If you have a Samsung and you're in sin, um, you can still open to Acts chapter 28, verse 2. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. And verse 5, I'm going to skip verse 4. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. And I'm going to go um, into verse 8. And it happened that the father Publius lay sick of a fever and another disease. And Paul went into him and prayed. And I want you to watch this. He laid his hands on him and healed them. And when this was done, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. And they honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. Also in Leviticus, there is a verse, chapter 6 of verse 12. It says, and the fire on the altar should be kept burning on it. And it should not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Apostle Paul was a prisoner in chain headed to Rome for like a Supreme Court hearing. He was on the ship. The Lord gave him an insight that they shouldn't take this voyage that they were about to take on the sea because of what is about to come. Of course, the captain trusted more his intellect instead of Paul and they took on the route and then they encountered a very big storm. During this storm, not only they went through a very, very difficult time, but the Bible says is they actually despaired of life. They went without eating for 14 days. They didn't see the sun and this storm claimed their ship. They lost their ship in the process of the storm. They almost lost their lives. And here they are on this small island, survivors of this storm, Apostle Paul being in chains as a prisoner. And the first thing they do, the scripture says, is they started a fire. Not, they didn't go looking for a ship again. Because this island wasn't their destination. This island wasn't where they were supposed to be. This was almost like a derail. This was almost like a distraction. And they were busy trying to get to Rome. But when they lost their ship in the storm, they didn't try to rebuild the ship. They started to rebuild fire. I really believe that we are in a season and we are in a time where some people are in that situation right now. They have went through a storm. A shipwreck and it's currently raining in their life 
And the notion of our culture, the teaching, the predominant teaching of our culture today is this. Build your life. Build your career. Build your ministry. Build your family. Build your FICO score. Pay down debt. Build your house. Get a wife. Get a husband. Get a truck, a dog, an RV. Build your ship. But I want you to notice that our God is different than the culture. God is not against building ships. But building ships is not a priority for a Christian. Because ships get lost in the storms of life like COVID. Ships get lost in the storms of life like the death of a loved one. Like a disappointment, like being fired from a job, like being divorced or maybe somebody broke your heart. Our ships get broken all the time. And our goal is not to get a bigger, fancier and nicer ship. Our goal is first and foremost, when we've been through the storm, when we suffered a shipwreck and when it's currently raining in our life, God wants us to build an altar, build fire. The scripture says about Abraham is every place Abraham went, he built an altar to the Lord, but he pitched his tent. Pitching a tent speaks of something being temporary. You don't build a tent, you pitch a tent because you're not planning to stay there forever. Abraham had a lot of money. Abraham was a very, very, very wealthy man. Abraham had connections. Abraham had a military. Abraham had everything. But Abraham was a man of faith like you and I. And he knew one thing. The only thing that's permanent in your life is your altar. Everything else is temporary. Your Roth IRA is temporary. Your job is temporary. Including your marriage is temporary. Because in heaven there will be no marriage. Your children in your house are temporary. Because once they go to college they will leave you build an altar pitch a tent now most of us we live the other way around we build a tent and pitch the altar altar is temporary prayer life is temporary fasting is temporary the fire gets kindled on the conference and it dies till the next conference and God does not want you to live like that he wants us to build not our name, not our platform, not our following, not our influence, but build an altar. The scripture clearly states, keep the fire burning on the altar. So I would like to share with you just a few practical steps on how to do that. If you are taking notes and note takers are history makers, a short pencil is better than a long-term memory. And so you can take notes um, and I'll give you some, uh, some things to, to write it down. Number one, I want you to write this down. You will only live in the fire of God to the extent of your ability to overcome the excuses of the flesh. You will only build the fire of God to the extent that you can overcome excuses of your flesh. Excuses of the flesh is the biggest reason most of us have a yo-yo lifestyle, up and down. Excuses of the flesh is where most of us have a crippling inconsistency 
that we feel guilty about all the time. And it's not about feeling guilty. Today it's about being equipped on this morning session. Everyone watching us on live stream as well. Or who will be re-watching this as well. There is no secret. There is no personality trait that somebody who is consistent in their containing, maintaining and growing the fire of God, they have that you don't. It's not a gift. It's simply a decision to overcome the excuses of the flesh. David has the same flesh you do. I have the same flesh as you do. Pastor Benny has the same flesh as you do. You and I have the same flesh and we also have the same Holy Spirit. So the question is not who you have, the question is who you consciously yield to. The spirit yearns, the flesh has excuses. Now let's look at Paul's story. Three excuses. Number one, I was in the storm. Number two, my ship got wrecked. And number three, it's raining. I'm not building fire because it's raining. I'm not building fire because I went through a storm. And the reason why I am not building fire is because my ship got destroyed. The storm. The storm represents the things you ask God to deliver you from. And He didn't. Instead, He chose to deliver you through, not from. The storm represents, why didn't God split the Red Sea for me? Storm speaks of, why didn't God let me walk on these waves? Why didn't God calm and silence this storm in my life? Instead, I have to swim holding on to pieces. Where was God in all this? Why did He let this happen? He's in control. He is sovereign. Why couldn't He stop my mom from dying from cancer? at the age of 50. Somebody will say, why did he stop my parents from getting divorced? It ripped my life into pieces. It's a question I asked as a teenager, why did God allow me to be born like this? What did I deserve? Did I earn that? What did I do as an infant in my mother's womb to deserve that? Couldn't he stop it? And when God doesn't deliver you from a storm, an offense begins to build up. And that offense fuels the excuses of the flesh. A lot of us are disappointed with God. Now we will dare not to leave Him because we're scared of hell. But I'm not talking about today just simply believing God. I'm talking about burning for Him. And I'm going to tell you one little secret from this little young guy who has not lived very long as some of you have lived. You cannot be burning for God if you're offended at Him. Sooner or later, every person in this room is going to be offended. The Bible says offenses must come. They'll come. They're headed your way. If you haven't been, you will be. 
And the offense is the devil's attempt to use the excuses of your flesh to add fuel to the flesh. So that you will begin to say, I can't be burning for a God who doesn't care and doesn't trust me. That's exactly what I struggled with. One of the reasons that I didn't want to burn for the Lord. I just wanted to be a normal average Christian who comes to church. Is because I had a difficult time loving God passionately. And who, who dropped the ball? I felt like He dropped the ball with me. God doesn't owe you an explanation. You do owe Him your life. If you're willing to overcome the offense, and if you're willing not to hold them hostage to why He didn't deliver you in the storm, and trust Him that He delivered you from the storm, you made it. You're still standing. Yes, I don't have as good looking eyes as you, but I have a beautiful wife. But I have a Holy Spirit. But God has given me so many other things that other people might not have. And the moment I stepped over the mystery of why did that happen? Why did He allow? And I decided to yield my life to Him. I found God to be faithful. I found God to be good. I found the favor of God in my life and I promise you, you will as well. The shipwreck. This represents when you lost your job, when you lost your marriage, when you lost maybe the relationship that you already got the wedding dress chosen, everybody's already happening and something just happened and you lost that relationship. Your dreams were crushed. Maybe you lost the position and the title in the church. People just threw you out and your ministry became no longer important. And your whole world collapsed. And a lot of people after that fold their hands and they say, in order not to be burned again, I will stop burning. I'm scared to trust again. I'm scared to trust to begin again because I know where this all ends. They're afraid of ships and they're afraid of fire because the ship that carried them broke to pieces. Every person will go through some time in their life where a ship you rely on will break to pieces. And the only thing that will be left is your anchor in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The drama, the trauma, the disappointment, the, the heartbreak, but I hoped, I wished, why did this happen to my job? Why did this happen? The stock market crashed, wiped my retirement. Why did this happen? This person made a wrong decision. The captain's, it's the captain's fault. It's the captain's fault. That's it. I'm going to take the captain to court and I'm going to sue every penny out of him. That's not going to solve the case that your ship is gone. And when ship is gone, so many people feel like so is my life. You are not your ship. You are not a position in the church. You are not even your marriage. You are a valuable, priceless treasure to the eyes of God. You were worth to die for. Never put your life into your ship. Your soul is more important than your ship. And if you lost everything like Job, and literally it feels like I got everything taken away from me. What do I do now? Build fire. 
how can I build fire if everything is gone? Build fire. David had a wife who happened to be a daughter of a previous king, Saul. Now this woman was very unique woman. I think she's the only one in the Bible and I don't know personal of any other woman in the history who was a daughter of the king, a wife of the king, and who was positioned to be a mother of the king. There's not one woman in the Bible who had the privilege. A daughter of the king, a wife of the king. And she was called by God to be a mother of the king. But something happened. She went through a shipwreck. Her daddy committed suicide. Her siblings, they died in war. She already remarried because the love of her life, David, was on a hunt by her father who was mental. So she married somebody else, some other loser. And David comes back to throne and guess what happens? He rips that marriage to pieces. So here is her, another ship gets wrecked to pieces. And she goes into David's house and there is David dancing and praising. And David is very passionate for God. And she stands there, a window watcher. Window watching didn't start in churches. It started in the Old Testament. Where you just stand there and you observe. And anytime you're a window watcher, you're always critical. You always notice everything that's wrong. He shouldn't be worshiping like that. I know where she was there last night. You know, well, what, what is that? This person is completely fake. And this, th th that's just not the way. They should not be singing those songs right now. I don't like that worship leader. I don't, it just doesn't feel right. So anytime you're a window watcher, you will always see people, not the presence of God. And why was she a window watcher? Because she's been through stuff. Her ship got wrecked. Her life was destroyed. So I sympathize with her. I understand her. Yes, it's easy for me to judge a critic, but at the same, I understand where she's coming from. But all that she did was still an excuse. Because while she had a history of being in the kingdom, she removed herself from being a part of the future of the kingdom. The Bible says, and she had no children. When you allow your drama, shipwreck, to kill your passion, you lose your future. The shipwreck took your past. Lack of your fire will steal your future. The boss, what he did was wrong. What your ex did, wrong. But what you're doing to your future, is also wrong. They need to come and apologize. You need to cry a river, build a bridge, and get over it. And build a fire. And build a fire. Your passivity has no excuse, even if you found some. Your lack of, it's just not my personality type to lift hands. Well, your personality type changes during football. It's just not, I'm just not wired like that. Oh really, when somebody cuts you off on highway, where is your wiring there? No, 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 no. You are passionate about what's important to you. And when you make God important to you, when you don't let the shipwreck steal your passion, worship, Adoration, passion for God will be part of your personality and will be part of your DNA. Can somebody say amen?
Maybe you will say, but Vlad, you don't understand. It's currently raining in my life. You know, you might not have a shipwreck. You may have not been through a storm. But maybe you are there right now where it's raining. For those of you who ever built fire in the forest, you know one thing. It's extremely difficult to build fire when it's raining. Because rain kills fire. So it almost feels like useless to attempt build fire. Because whatever I'm going to try, the rain is going to kill it. Paul still built fire. Now I'm going to deal with something. It's going to set some people free in this room right now. The Bible says in Galatians, walk in the Holy Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now this is how most of us think it says, don't fulfill the lust of the flesh so you can walk in the Holy Spirit. The rain represents your flesh. The rain represents lust. Rain represents the thing you did yesterday, a week ago that you're not proud of. The rain kills the fire. And so our attempt, human attempt is this, I'm going to stop the rain so I can start the fire. It's the other way around. I'm going to start the fire so God can help to stop the rain. The Bible says, don't fight the flesh first. It says walk in the spirit and then you, the rain will stop. Young men all the time reach out to me and they, they say things 99%, 95 of 90 to 95% of the time. When the young man comes and says pray for me, it's usually because this rain in his life called lust. And usually this is how it goes. Pastor Vlad. I've been fighting with lust. I tell him, stop, stop, hold on. Where in the Bible do you see we're called to fight lust? We're called to fight demons. Satan never lust. The Bible only says to flee lust, not to fight it. Lust is the only thing you can't beat. You can beat demons as Satan, not lust. You have to run from it. And many of us, what we do is we run from the devil, but we fight lust. It's the other way around. And I say, oh, stop, stop, stop. Uh, Bible doesn't say we have to fight lust. So you're already disobedient to the scripture. Number one. And number two is that the only way to overcome lust is that to flee it. And secondly, is to follow the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Holy Spirit. But I can't, I feel so guilty. That's exactly how it feels to build the rain, when, build a fire when it's raining. It just, it's hard, it feels difficult, but you must understand, you will never be able to have a victorious life if you try to fight your flesh first. Christian life is different. We don't try harder, we try different. We do different. But I feel guilty. That's your consciousness. Leave it alone, put it under the cross, but build fire. I'm not saying you should stay in your sin. I'm not saying you should continue in your addiction. What I'm saying is your only chance of overcoming that is not to wait until you beat that. It's to start building an altar consistently and regularly. And that's how you will overcome your sin. And that is how you will overcome your struggle with that sin. If you're battling with an addiction right now to smoking, maybe you find yourself addicted to alcohol, using it as a, as a crutch, as a, as a numbing mechanism. Maybe you smoke weed or indulge in pornography or, or doing something that you know it's raining right now in your life and it feels like I can't stop it Vlad. It's, 
I can't stop it. I confessed it. I named it. I claimed it. I blabbed it. I grabbed it. I, I danced around it. I walked seven times. You know, I sowed the seed. I, I, I did everything. I rebuked the devil. I've done, there's nothing else. What can I do? Build fire. But it didn't stop raining. Keep building fire. Your job is fire. God's job is the rain. Walk in the Holy Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Watch this, the Bible doesn't say walk in the Holy Spirit and you will not have lust of the flesh. It just means you won't fulfill it. What does that mean? Lust of the flesh is like an athlete's foot. It's the itch. And it tells you this, if you scratch me, I'll stop itching. And how many times we fell for it? You scratched it and it itches more. You but, but if I just, one more time, if I just scratch it hard, it will itch again. The Bible doesn't say that it won't itch if you walk in the Holy Spirit. The scripture says God will give you this supernatural, I can't explain it how it works, grace in the Holy Spirit not to scratch what itches. The itch might still be there. Now sometimes during deliverance, God takes away even the desire. But sometimes God doesn't deliver us from things. He gives us the power over those things. Where the desire temporarily is still there. Except you have one more percent of power from the Holy Spirit. To say, no, I won't be watching that. No, I won't be scrolling through that. No, I won't be taking that into my mouth. No, I won't be doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not replying back to this person. Why? Because I got the power not to scratch the itch. Amen? Amen. So the Holy Spirit wants us to build fire and altar to Him. But many of us have a flesh that competes with it. And if you're not building fire in your life, if you're not burning for the Lord, could you just take a moment right now and examine your heart? Which excuses have you bought into? After which storm has not only taken away your peace, but has taken away your passion? Which shipwreck after that, which you never recovered fully from? Not your life, I'm talking about your spirit and your heart. Is it raining in your life and you, you thought it's hopeless? There's nothing I can do about it anymore. In fact, before I continue, I apologize to the camera people. There are people in this room that just recently you went and you lost your ship. In fact, even as you're sitting, your heart is sunk because I was pretty much describing your story. God knows you and He brought you here today. He wants to touch you. He wants to deliver you from whatever crippled your passion away from Him. There's also people in this room right now, and I'm not saying this prophetically, this is just also in general, of people who are survived the storm and you have your why is stands in front of your worship. And there are those who you gave up on your prayer life, your fasting life, because you can't quit doing something that you ask God to remove. You've repented so many times, and honestly, you just gave up and so you're like, whatever, whatever happens and you stop building fire. Every head bowed and every eye closed. 
If you're in one of these three categories, I want you to stand to your feet. No one looking around. If one of the precious Holy Spirit. And church, I want you to open up your mouth right now. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just, just for a minute or two. We're just gonna, I know the word was spoken and the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But as those people standing before God, I want you to surrender right now your storm. Surrender to God your ship. And surrender to God your reign. And begin to right now give the Lord a promise. The Lord, I'm going to build fire. Lord, I'm going to build fire. Come on, just, just, just 30 more seconds, church. 30 more seconds. Precious Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you will begin to touch every single person in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I come against every lie of the enemy that the enemy has used to bind these precious people. I come against every lie of the enemy that the enemy has used to steal the passion from God's people in Jesus mighty name. I rebuke every excuse of the flesh right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of God I ask you that your fire will flush out every lie. Spirit of God I ask you that your presence right now will cleanse that your presence right now will purify in Jesus mighty name, in Jesus mighty name. Oh Holy Spirit, that you will bring right now your touch, that you will bring your touch right now, that altars are going to be erected, altars are going to be erected. That even if it's raining God, that even if it's raining, that there is going to be a flame that will be built, and there will be a flame that is going to be built God. Those of you who are standing, I want you to lift up your hands to God and I want you to begin to surrender that storm. Begin to surrender those questions. I'm not saying that you will never get answers for them, but probably not on this side of the eternity. Begin to surrender that shipwreck right now and the people that you say they owe me this, they owe me that, just give it to God's hands right now. Begin to give that broken ship right now. Your life you survived and God wants you right now to build an altar. And begin to build an altar with your prayer. Begin to right now build an altar with your praise. Begin to say, Lord, though you slay me, I will trust you. God, I believe in you. God, your presence, I need more than anything else in my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Precious Holy Spirit, I ask you that you will touch me right now. For those of you battling with lust, battling with an addiction right now, begin to give that to the Lord and say, Lord, this addiction will not stop me from seeking your face. This problem will not stop me from getting up early in the morning and seeking your glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that this issue is not going to stop me from my intimacy with you, Father, in Jesus' name. There is a power of God that is falling in this place right now. The power that delivers. The power that sets free. The power that loses chains. The power that restores the first love. The power that touches right now every dry place in Jesus name. Spirit of God I ask you that you will fall afresh. Spirit of God I ask you that you will fall afresh right now in the name of Jesus. Fall afresh right now in the name of Jesus. Those people that are watching us on live stream right now. Fall afresh on every person that is some of you, you're watching us on live stream. You need to get down on your knees right now in your living room and just begin to surrender whatever thing that stole your passion, whatever thing that stole your love, the first love of God, the excuses, the lies, the drama, the trauma, the pain, the disappointment, the broken ship, maybe the broken relationship, begin to lay it down. I see some of you, you're breaking down even emotionally right now because that pornography has not only laid a grip on your purity, but it has taken your passion. 
passion. It's time to get your passion back. It's time to begin to walk in the Holy Spirit and then you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Spirit of God, we surrender. I surrender tuning in this has been the slow bill podcast where we're talking about the fire and the passion of god yeah be blessed have a wonderful day and being in the presence of god all right all right see you guys soon